getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, fresh off a couple of days off, coming to work on a holiday weekend, my partner in crime, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, the thing is, we're, we're showing up for work today, we're showing up for, for duty, right? But the joy of what we do is that it doesn't feel like work, and right. that's the secret. If you can find something in life that you can do that doesn't feel like work, you have... You know, you've you've beaten the system. The universe has served life up to you on a plate. What's good about these pods, Chad, one of the reasons is it keeps me up to date on what the day of the week is, considering what's going on today. I guess it's right. Sunday, you right. know, so and that keeps me kind of balanced in the, the current state of events that we're going through. But I'm always happy to pod, you know, as as tired as I can be or sleepy as I can be. I always get energized for these pods, Chad, returning after a couple of days, ready to talk more Broncos football. Happy to see you all with me. Hopefully you guys are happy to see us as well. Yeah, I've missed you. I've missed our awesome listeners and, you know, been really looking forward to this today. In fact, we took the family out to the lake and enjoyed some fun in the sun, socially, in a socially responsible way. Don't, don't get uh, anyone's panties in a wad. And the whole time I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying myself, getting some vitamin D, soaking up the sun. And I'm looking forward to talking football on the podcast, talking to the listeners, talking to my partner in crime. And so, that's what it's all about, and we just uh, are grateful to have you guys here, which makes it all 100% possible. And tonight, of course, what we want to get to, and, it's, and if you are joining us, it, we figure there's going to be a lot of people out and about doing stuff, camping, boating. It might be a little bit quieter night than usual, and, it, and it's looking like it's probably going to shake out that way. We'll see how the stream turns out, but we're glad you're here because we're going to touch on a, cap- a couple of uh, Broncos news stories that came out either over the weekend or just before the weekend or after the last time you heard from us, including something DeMarcus Ware had to say, or I should say Ware's opinion on the notion that Von Miller has officially begun his decline. A couple other things we're going to get to here in just a second. But first, you guys, we want to welcome in those of you. We got the stream up a little bit late tonight, so sorry about that. I know you guys are used to having it up a couple hours early, but that's because I was at the lake. I want to welcome in Terry. Buana, what's up, my friend? We want to say hey to Matthew, Darville, uh, Kyle, what's going on? We're going to get to your super chat here in just a second, my friend. 
But first, we got to touch on a couple of quick, I assure you they'll be quick, matters of business. Guys, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. Why? You want to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time from programming perspective, from giveaways, polls. We're going to get to a poll later on today that we had. Just an interesting conversation on Derek Wolf. We'll talk about here in a little bit as well. But make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter. And while you're at it, if you're on Twitter, you got to make sure you're following the mother account as well, at Mile High Huddle. If you're in a position, guys, check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Get one of these hats you see Zach and myself wearing. Get a football priest T-shirt, a football priest mug, a Mile High Huddle face mask, a little something for anybody, no matter what your tastes are, male, female, there's a little something for everybody. We are still working on popular demand from Edward, and I think off the top of my head, I want to say Eclipse Stormborn asking about children's merch. We haven't quite tackled that yet, but – Eventually, we'll we'll get that. So if you're in a position, and if you're not, it's all good, guys. We're just glad to have you here. We'd really appreciate it if you make sure, especially on YouTube, this is crucial. Subscribe. That's A. B, like this video before you X on out, whether you watch the entire podcast or just a part of it, and share it out. Those three things are crucial, and you guys have no idea how much that can help us as a podcast and as a channel and as a page really grow. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, let me get to really quickly here. Let me get that off the screen so that we don't, you know, we're crossing over 100 on YouTube. Let me just see here real quick. I want to get to this from Kyle, something that we had previously arranged. He had reached out to me. Oh, first, real quick, Johnny Baby. Man, always. He pops in, leaves a super chat, pops out. John, we appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, John. Very generous. We appreciate your support more than you know, my friend. He says, sorry, can't stay again, but we'll watch later. Keep up the great work, fellas. MHH fam, remember, smash that like button. Hashtag state of being. Thank you, John. You know, we like John, everyone. Appreciate you. Um, Hold on one second. Where's. Okay. So first off, one of four. This is a quick public service announcement because so many of our listeners, naturally, even though Broncos country is not a geographic location, it's a state of being. 
for obvious reasons, a lot of our listeners, Zach, are in the state of Colorado. Yeah. Kyle Heckman is a great listener and member of the community that reached out to me and uh, wanted to impart some information that he had to learn the hard way. Many people, of course, been laid off or find themselves unemployed, furloughed, what have you, because of what's been happening the last two months. And Kyle is trying to help people tackle the learning curve or the trial and error process and shorten it. He says, anyone needing help navigating Colorado unemployment phone number, follow these steps. Keep calling until you get past the female voice that says, try again later. This may take a few dozen tries. Hold on. Now I got to grab, grab his second one. Next, if the male voice starts talking about the website, just press zero. It will not prompt you to do so. So don't wait. Press two for other questions. Okay. Bear with us one sec, you guys. This is a good public service that Kyle's doing here. This way saved me and two other coworkers and got us taken care of in the same day. Be prepared after that last step to be on hold for 30 minutes to over two hours. And he had t told me that before he figured this out, it, he had tr literally tried calling the Colorado unemployment office three or 400 times. So this is crucial. Um, just and there's here's the last one. Just put it on speaker and continue with your day until they answer. I hope this helps. Kyle, we really appreciate you, uh, you know, putting that out there for everybody because a lot of folks are in a similar position as yourself. And here he is. I mean, you know, you don't wow. have to do that, my friend, the, the super chat. Um, and like I said before, man, we uh, we appreciate you. He says to anyone who needs help getting past Colorado's unemployment number, I posted some instruction on how to get past it in the comments at 611. Thanks, as always, Zach and Chad, y'all rock. So That's guys, amazing. if you're watching this live and you're in that situation that Kyle's talking about, or if you're listening to this after the fact, even if you're live right now, you can scroll it back if you need to after the show or during the show and grab that information. I might've read it a little bit fast, but as you can probably understand, we can't completely bog down the pot on that. And, but Kyle, thank you so much, my friend. And I'm glad you were able to get in here, but Zach, it's crucial, man, because how it's maddening enough on its face to find yourself in that position and then to not be able to get in touch with the government people that you would need to, to get a little relief maddening. I was going to say on hold for two hours and uh, making 200, 300 phone calls. I couldn't fathom doing that, Chad. I mean, calling, you know, direct TV or calling my, my, my gas company, my cable company, my internet company, being on hold is maddening enough having to go through that. I couldn't imagine my unemployment, my, my finances, my food on the table, my bill money that I'm going to be paying out I, is being held up right now. I, it's just awful what everyone's going through. Hopefully that advice applies to someone, though. They can put it to good use in Colorado. Yeah, if it if it helps one person, you know, nip it in the butter, get there quicker, get the get registered and get things coming sooner than it than it was worth it. So thanks, Kyle. Yeah. Zach, let me pivot real quick. I want to get your thoughts on what Demarcus Ware had to say about Vaughn Miller. Late last week, of course, he joined Schlereth and Evans on 104.3 The Fan and talked about the fact that he's still dispensing advice to Vaughn, some guidance to his protege and whatnot. But what was interesting about this particular remark that I'm going to quote is what he had to say about the perceived or supposed, we've talked about it on this podcast, we've questioned it, the idea that Vaughn might be declining, right? He's 31 years old. Last year, he, he appeared in 15 games and did not reach double-digit sacks for the first time in his career, not counting 2013 in which he was suspended and injured his knee. So here's what Ware said, quote, you know, it's just crazy talking with Vaughn. I think that one thing, that he is really, really trying to do is to build a team around him, right? 
knowing that he's been where the guys kill him 100% of the time, talking about the opponent. So I told him, if you can focus everybody better around you, then you're not going to get doubled as much. I didn't see any of his play declining at all when asked directly, are you seeing signs of Vaughn's decline? He said, quote, I didn't see any of his play declining at all. It's just the way that teams are really just focused on him. Once Bradley Chubb got hurt, everything was just more of a fan, meaning offensive line on that side of the line of scrimmage, kind of fanning out double and triple to, to take him on. They're bringing a center, their guard, a tackle, putting a tight end over there. They're chipping him. If he goes over to the right side, they bring the running back over there and chip him. And then last thing here, I know exactly what it's like, especially in my younger years of being focused on as far as the opponent focusing on him. Then I started thinking to myself, how do I make myself better? Because you can't just go, oh, well, there goes my career, right? They're triple teaming me. I guess I just go home now. You got to find a way around it. Then I started thinking to myself, how do I make myself better? That's where he's at right now is saying, hey, I need to get the guys around me better. And then I'll be able to get a lot more one-on-ones and be effective. Close quote. Zach, your thoughts on where? A lot of excuse making, in my opinion. I mean, I respect the hell out of Demarcus Ware. He knows more football. I mean, he's forgotten more than I'll ever know. And obviously, he's a future Hall of Famer. It looks like, but I, yeah. I mean, you're you're going to tell me that Vaughn wasn't getting those kinds of double teams and triple teams and having tight ends chip him and block him before Chubb's injury last year. You can chalk it up to him being overweight, his injury, uh, Fangio's scheme, whatever. But Vaughn is being paid like a franchise quarterback to get after the quarterback, and he did not do it well enough last year. Uh, it could be a combination of things, Chad. It was a down year for Vaughn. Everyone's entitled to one. Even Michael Jordan missed shots. But it, Vaughn did have a down season. He was not himself. And he does have cause to be criticized for this. It seemed like Ware was making excuse after excuse after excuse. And I respect it and I appreciate what he's saying. But Vaughn is being paid like an elite pass rusher. And he was far from an elite pass rusher last season. But what do you think to the idea that in order for an, you know, he might not be declining per se we don't necessarily need to go down that road but but he is getting older you're gonna slow down father time is undefeated I mean he's 31 years old and I've never been of course a world-class athlete like Von Miller is but he would be the first one to tell you that there's a big difference between being a 23 year old athlete and a 31 year old athlete and in most cases it's just that quick twitch starts slowing down a little bit and then when you get hurt it tends to linger longer. You don't heal as fast. So the idea that that DeMarcus Ware is speaking to, that the way around it, the solution here, is for Vaughn to take on even more of a leadership role, do what he can to get his teammates demanding more of that attention so that it gives him more of those one-on-ones. Because in one-on-one situations, Vaughn, there are very few tackles in this league that consistently keep can keep Vaughn from the quarterback. Is that a feasible, realistic expectation though for him to do in this defense with the collection of talent we know that's around him I don't think Vaughn is declining I mean this year will prove whether 2019 was an outlier or whether it was a sign of things to come from Vaughn I happen to think he'll bounce back this season and be more of the Vaughn that we've come to know but he's being paid again to win those one-on-ones he's being paid to be a team leader so these all come with the territory he literally and figuratively signed up for this Chad when he signed then the richest contract for a defender in NFL history he was making he was worth it for the first couple seasons after it but he declined last year he fell off last year you can call it what you want you can make the excuses but he's being paid a lot of money and he has to perform better than that i don't think he's declining but he has to step up his play in 2020 a reminder what zach just said you guys 
I don't think he's declining. So no. before anyone gets on their soapbox, he's not saying that Vaughn's declining. But what he is saying, and I think we can all agree to this, right? I think right now what I'm about to say, everyone can nod their head and say, yes, Vaughn has to be better than he was last year, right? It's at least with the kind of money that he's making right now and the way the defense is kind of centered around his pass rush and his ability to hold the edge, he just needs to produce at a higher level than he did last year. And I think Zach was onto something there when he talked about, you know, whatever the reason might be, there there were a lot of different moving parts from losing Chubb to it being a new scheme to I think Vic Fangio's defense not asking him to rush quite as often as he's used to, which lessens the, you know, the number of attempts that he has to get to the quarterback. There are, there's a collection of reasons why it happened, but you can't let that turn into an excuse. And Vaughn would probably be the first one to tell you that he's got to keep the pedal to the metal. And what Ware says, I think there is some truth to it that if he can get everybody humming and this defense can get firing on all cylinders, then it takes less attention, more attention off him. And the problem with that though, is not everyone can be DeMarcus Ware. Not everyone can be a coach on the field. So the onus for getting everybody to a point where they can, you know, be little mini Vaughn Millers, that's on Vic Fangio. That's on Ed Donatel. That's on uh, yeah. Bill Carr and all the linebackers coach, Reggie Herring. Real quick, I want to grab Darville because the stream's going to jump him. He says, hey, guys, hope all is well with you both and that you both had a safe weekend. Who do you guys think would be the next GM whenever John Elway decides to retire? Zach, my answer is pretty plain and simple. It's the way things are traje- are, are, are moving toward Barring a significant ownership change, which could happen, but to me, it's Matt Russell is the succession plan here. Yeah, I believe a couple of years ago it might have been Adam Peters, but he was on moving on to the 49ers. Russell's been groomed as literally Elway's right hand man. He's been with him, he's scouted for him, he's been his sounding board, he's been the guy he's leaned on. All signs point to Russell taking over. I just don't happen to think that Elway is ready to hang him hang up his executive cleats just yet. I think he has another couple seasons left in him, but he's definitely grooming Matt Russell for that role. And as we've come to know, his draft classes have gotten better and better and better. So hopefully if Russell is the guy, he'd be leaving the Broncos in very good hands. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, 
infertile, impotent, Joe Biden, and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Stony Neff jumping in with the $10 super. Appreciate you, my friend. Remember when I was begging you guys to respond to YouTube? Thanks. The show is way better now. Yeah, Stoney's been with us for a long time where, you know, our focus, I wouldn't say it's really changed all that much in terms of our focus then for many years was more at milehighhuddle.com. That focus hasn't changed. What has changed, and so we would never like read the comments on our podcast that would get posted on YouTube and whatnot. This is long before we took every show live. Um, but now, you know, I'm glad you're liking it, Stony Neff. We're certainly enjoying it, and we're exploring all the different ways that uh, we can provide you guys with great Broncos and draft content on YouTube. But yeah, he, you're an OG, Stony. We appreciate you. What's this, Harry? On Facebook, hey guys, what's up? Freedom equals football. Let's rock. There you go. There's a bumper sticker for you. All right, bear with me one sec. Let's grab Mark. Jump <laughs> in. Is. Thank Bonafide you, Mark. superstar. Check out his profile pic. A true MHHOG. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, what's up, my guys? I'm tired of people saying Garrett used toilet bowls, that he has a learning disability. The only disability he has is he can't inch a loaf, <laughs> subduing his own weight. Oh, well. Hashtag MHH. Hey, man. Mark. Mark, you make us smile, dude. You make us laugh. You know, the the whole learning disability thing, as someone who has a, a family member very close to me, that uh, struggled with a learning disability. Very Now, there's a difference between, keep in mind, this person, a lot of people have learning disabilities, highly intelligent, high IQs, but might be something like ADHD, might be something like dyslexia. There are other forms of learning disabilities that have nothing to do with intelligence. So with Bowles, though, Zach, he's now three years into his pro career, and the whole you know learning disability aspect of it especially with a new uh, a coach that he's now been with for a full season and Mike Munchak, that's got to be an excuse that's out the window. It is. And you know what? I, I feel it's never me attacking Garrett Bowles personally. He's been through a lot in his life. He has a tremendous backstory. He's really risen up from the from the dregs, and now he's on top of the world in the NFL, or at least you know he's, a, he's playing a premium position in the NFL, a thing that few people are doing. It's just it's it's enough already. It's his fourth year. He's in his late twenties. He's a former first round pick. He he plays a very important position. How many times can we keep making excuses for the guy? And he he furthered that reputation last year, Chad, by coming out and saying, "Oh, I don't think I have that. I don't think I'm holding. I don't know what holding is." He he's so tone deaf and he's so anti oh unaware of what he is on the field. So I don't make excuses. I just see what I see, and that's a below average, way below average left tackle who has to be better. No excuses. Hey, Ian, happy early birthday. Check in with us tomorrow night. We'll be podcasting. It's Monday, so we'll be podcasting. Though it's Memorial Day. Uh, check in with us, and uh, we'll we'll give you an official birthday That's salute. Right. We can't sing happy birthday because that, that song is, in fact, copyrighted. But I could tell you some horror stories on that when it comes to content creators using the song and not knowing it's copyrighted. It's, it's a little dicey. Christian. 
Speaking of super chat superstars jumping in, appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Christian. He says, playing Madden right now, and the Broncos are going to be a fun team on Madden. Hopefully, Zach, it's not just on Madden. Hopefully, right. they're a fun team in the flesh. I have the feeling, though, every casual fan's going to play with Drew Locke and the Broncos, though, all the weapons they have, they are going to be fun in Madden this year, and it's going to translate rarely to on the field. They're going to be fun to watch in real life as well. Amen, Joseph. He says, this Memorial Day, we must remember those that paid the ultimate sacrifice and tell Valhalla brothers and sisters. You know, that's Memorial Day is about celebrating the fallen uh, in battle, of course, and those who maybe not even have fallen but are making a sacrifice to serve their, their country. And also those in our personal lives, friends, family members who have passed away. Memorial Day is all about that. So thank you, Joseph, for helping us to you know, stay uh, oriented on what is important tomorrow. It's not just a day off from work. That's for sure. All right, guys, let me just, uh, it did a jump. So bear with me one second here. I got to scroll up a little bit. All right, there's Christian. All right, there we go. Now I'm reoriented. It's good to see everybody. So many of our superstars in the house, so many of our uh, awesome listeners like Nick from from Twitter. We have a lot of good conversations on Twitter. Flacco. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's man. right. Joe every Flacco. Time, Joe, every time we, do, we don't pod. I know. That's we, maybe we should have titled this pod around Flacco, but I don't think Broncos fans care all that much. We ran oh. a we ran a link on Facebook on it, and it didn't do. I mean, fans just don't care about Joe Flacco. But he did sign a deal with the Jets, million and a half, I think, guaranteed. He could make as much as four and a half million, depending on how much playing time he gets. Well. We'll grab Oscar next. What was your gut reaction to where he landed? <laughs> I would say that Sam Darnold got a mentor, but he literally said, I'm not going to mentor Drew Locke. What does he bring to the table? They drafted James Morgan at FIU. He has a higher ceiling already than Joe Flacco as a backup. I, he, he brings literally nothing to the table. I have a lot of repressed rage right now, a lot of PTSD that's coming out. But he literally, <laughs> he's not a starter. He's not a backup. He's not a mentor. He's not a friend on the field. He couldn't care less about Drew Locke taking over. He had his back turned on him half the time. I feel bad for Sam Darnold. Adam Gase and Joe Flacco, to me, Chad, is the worst oil and water combination you can concoct. So I don't know if he's chasing the money. Flacco, I don't know if he's trying to hold on to his NFL career. He's going to do nothing in New York, and that's going to actually hurt that team more than it's going to help him. I just think to that perfectly appropriate gif of Drew Locke getting his first win against the Chargers. And remember, that was a game that came down to the final minutes. Remember Fangio's fateful decision to throw it deep after the Chargers had tied the game? And Sutton drew the pass interference that put McManus in position to get walk off field goal. The Broncos win. Drew Locke is elated. He's celebrating. He's running across the field. Joe Flacco crosses his path. He's he goes like this. Locke does to put his hands up to get fives. Flacco completely ignores him. Walks right by and Locke just pats him on the butt as he walks <laughs> right on by. See ya. Wouldn't want to be of Oscar jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend, with Thank that you, two dollar super. He says Vaughn is still a stud. Chubb returning will help him, and that is true. Let's all knock on wood in terms of Bradley Chubb returning to form. But you know, when when Chubb went down, the fact that he was learning and playing in a new system, Vaughn Miller didn't help the fact that he was getting more double and triple teamed. And if Chubb comes back to full force, if not better, teams won't be able to do that. So that's the silver line. It was a perfect storm of crap last year for Von Miller. I mean, his injury, Fangio's system, I mean, him putting on weight, which I guess was his own doing, and Chubb going down, the Broncos not having all their defensive pieces in, in place for a consistent time, of, uh, you know, a period of time. 
But again, those are excuses. And we think, I at least think so, that that Vaughn is going to be back to being the Vaughn that we know and love with all those factors out of the window now in 2020. David, one of our bona fide Super Chat superstars who has really worked his way up to the very tippity top of the MHH Mount Rushmore. We really appreciate you, David. You're yeah. a big member of this community, and your consistency and your generosity, it means a lot to us, my friend. He says, need a football jersey as well in the merch store. Right now, that's not an option. And keep in mind, we can't just sell Broncos merch. That's right. licensed by the NFL. A lot of particular hoops you got to jump through for that type of thing. I haven't looked in particular, Zach. I don't know if you have to see if there is a jersey that you can maybe put your own stuff on, but we'll, we can at least take a look at it, David. Yeah, I don't think there is, but that's that's a great idea. I mean, for a football podcast, Chad, to have a jersey. Maybe we can explore like a third-party uh, company that would do something like that. But again, it's the licensing, like Chad said. The NFL are such sticklers when it comes to their brand or their material. I mean, they take down videos on Twitter. They're petty, but they own the rights to that stuff. So we can look into it, Chad. Absolutely. Oh, we got some uh, concerns here from people about it possibly being an unemployment scam. He didn't give a phone number, Flippin' Booch. Even in, if if your worst fears were true, we didn't give out a specific number or anything like that. So people use use your own brains in terms of finding and researching the actual unemployment phone number so you know it's legit. And then from there, utilize the steps that he's talking about to get yeah. you through the menu. That's all he's doing. So, But flipping boots, we understand. Good looking out in terms of you want to be careful, you know, and that's not something that uh, is lost on us. We We recognize that as well, my friend. But good looking out. Um, Mike Evans jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Bonafide superstar as well. $15 super. He says, keep up the great work. Who will have more sacks, Vaughn or Chubb this season? Zach, it's not the first time we've gotten this question in the offseason. It won't be the last. I feel like how are you feeling on on it sitting on end of May? How are you feeling on this? I'm still rolling with Vaughn. I don't see a 20-sack, 30-sack season like he's long aimed for the last couple of years, but I do see Vaughn getting back in that 15, 16, 17-sack range, him playing a, a full 16-game season, having Chubb back there. I believe it'll be like 15, 16 for Vaughn and 12, 13 for Bradley Chubb. They're going to get to the quarterback a lot, having Gerald Casey push the pocket in the middle. If this was just you know another season in terms of Chubb finished 2019 healthy. He's just, you know, coming into another season. My answer might be different. Yeah. I'm going with Vaughn as well, but it would be great to see Bradley Chubb have a comeback player of the year type performance because let's face it, he was snubbed for his rookie impact as a rookie. Those 12 sacks, historic sack totals for a rookie. Only 10 other players in the history of the league have produced 12 or more sacks in the rookie season. He was two and a half sacks away from the all time record. And it really was tragic to see his second year end as quickly as it did. But if he can even get, I mean, it's going to take some time. That's the thing everyone needs to kind of keep in mind here is by the time the season rolls around, he'll have been close to a year from the time the injury was sustained. But the Broncos are going to want to play it smart, play it safe in terms of putting them on a little bit of a, of a snap count, a pitch count, if you will. I would say, Zach, probably through the first quarter of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if they had the training wheels on Bradley Chubb, at least initially, but uh, he should be healthy and um, rehabbed and ready to go for week one. I just don't think he's going to be as explosive off the bat, like you were just inferring to, Chad, as Vaughn is going to be. And Vaughn is super committed. He just put out a tweet, I think, yesterday where he was 
uh, I think it was Photoshop. He was running through a, a trail or a mountain or whatever. He says this fall is coming. And he's motivated. He wants to prove that he's the old Vaughn again. And I think he'll be playing with a lot of fire and intensity to start the season right out of the gates. Robert wants to know on YouTube, what cornerback is in the works for depth or is the DB situation good? Yeah. Robert, at this stage, there doesn't appear to be any imminent additions to the cornerback stable. That's going to, it kind of is what it is until the Broncos get out on the grass, go up against some preseason opponents, see what's what they're really banking on their youth stepping up this year's act. Yeah, I mean, Bassey, I think he'll make the 53 as an undrafted free agent. They have Callahan coming back. They have Bosby. They traded for Boyer. They have Yadam. I mean, they have some pieces in the secondary they'll get by with. And as we saw with Fangio last year, he made Justin Simmons into a pro bowler. He made Kareem Jackson into more of a household name. So I think they're confident with the depth they have. And as training camp progresses, if someone shakes loose, maybe they'll look at it. But right now, no plans to sign a cornerback. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Terry Randall, a bona fide superstar, a bona fide member. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Of the MHH Mount Rushmore. I seriously, I'm, I'm trying to think right now, and I don't, there's nothing. There's not a podcast I can think of off the top of my head that Terry has missed. And there's not a podcast I've seen him in the stream where he's not showing some love on Super Chat. So, Terry, you know, we love you. We appreciate you, my friend. And you are the one that inspired the hashtag state of being. You know that, my friend, up in Canada. He says, Vaughn plus Chubb equals 30 plus sacks this season. 12 games or 16 games, uh, whatever it ends up being. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag Broncos world. Happy Monday, my peeps. I think, no, happy Memorial Day weekend, my peeps. From the South. Appreciate that, Terry. That's a very bold uh, expectation, I would say, Zach. 
Uh, but you know what? If Chubb comes back, the pre-injury Chubb and Vaughn is the old the old Von Miller, then they can combine for 30 sacks. It could be 18-12 or 17-13, 15-15. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But yeah, I would temper my expectations to a combined 25-26 sacks. I think that's more realistic. Nicholas, we appreciate you trying to uh, figure out the super chat. Don't worry about it. Um, he wants to know which ham gets more yards and receptions, Hamilton or Hamler? In 2020, Hamler. Zach, what's your answer? Hamler, I mean, even on – it's an incumbent chunk plays, big plays down the field, nine routes he's going to run on third downs. I just think Hamler, being a second-round pick, that was an indictment on Deshaun Hamilton taking two premium receivers in this draft class, Chad. Uh, Hamilton's going to be a number four guy, number five guy. He's not going to come close to leading the team or touching Hamler in receptions. That's where I'm going with, the rookie. I don't think he will come close to leading either, but – I don't know. He was the big brother at Penn State, right? KJ Hamler's talked about that. They crossed paths at Penn State, and uh, Hamler really looked up to Hamilton. That dynamic is going to exist. Obviously, the draft pedigree is quite different, and one was drafted by Vic Fangio. The other one wasn't, right? He was a holdover from the previous regime. But here's what I'll say is that Hamilton really forged a bond with Drew Locke down the stretch where we know well what his strength is, and it's his route running He's shown a real tough nose ability to go over the middle and hold on to the ball with the exception of that season opener where he dropped the touchdown against the Raiders. But that was a season opener. First game we're playing with Joe Flacco officially and whatnot. Later on in that season, when he finally got ahead of steam down the stretch with Drew Locke, he was a different player. So my pr- my prediction is he's not going to so easily relinquish that slot job to Hamler. I do think Hamler will eventually take it from him just because he's a more physically gifted player. Zach, I think, I think, in fact, when I rolled with, maybe we can talk about this on tomorrow's show, my uh, prediction for the starting lineup, right? Projected starting lineup on offense for 2020. I put as the slot, not Hamler, but Hamilton. That's today. Now, keep in mind, we haven't seen him out on the grass yet. So we'll, uh, you know, maybe Hamilton wilts in the face of that indictment as you spoke to. I just think that even if you take Hamler out of the picture, they have so many weapons on offense. I mean, is, is Hamilton going to get it fed? When you have Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, even if Hamler's not there, would Hamilton be a big part of the passing game? Then you have Tim Patrick. I, I mean, there's just a ton of receiving weapons for Drew Locke. And yeah, they have a chemistry, Hamilton and Drew Locke, but Hamler, the talent and the capability in this offense, Chad, and the potential, it's no question comparison. Speaking of which... Let's grab this. Well, BNS, bear with us one second, my friend. I want to grab this quick quote from Rod Smith. Our uh, Keith Cummings had an article on this over the weekend. Let me find it. Uh, Rod Smith, in a conversation with Phil Milani of the team website, talked about KJ Hamler breaking down the film after watching him at Penn State and whatnot. And Phil Milani was getting Rod Smith's thoughts on KJ Hamler. Let me just read this quote to you. This is Rod Smith speaking to Phil Milani. Quote, I don't know what he runs the 40 in, but I can tell you it's extremely fast. So those guys are game changers in the NFL just now. That smaller receiver in the slot. I was like, man, we've got one. Close quote. So talking about the fact that his what he's seen on tape based on his speed and his size from the slot, he sees KJ Hamlerzak as a game-changing impact player. 
it's just impossible to ignore how fast the guy is, Chad. I mean, he's just a speed demon. And what Rod Smith was saying is the Broncos finally have their own Tyreek Hill. He didn't want to use that word or, or use that verbiage, but that's exactly what he sees in KJ Hamler, a fast speed demon who can change a game on a dime. And that's what he'll bring to this offense. Just those corner routes from the slot, man, he's going to be able to, and with that arm that Drew Locke has, they're going to be able to make some hay. Uh, let's grab BNS here. He says, what's up, Priest? Do you think that with a healthy Chubb and a stud like Jarrell Casey playing together this year, that it will make Vaughn that much better? I believe it will. Sacks were down, but his press percentage was up. Pressure? Pressure percentage. Thank you. Um, so, yes, there's some truth to that, BNS. I mean, if you think back to the peak season for Vaughn, not necessarily in his number of sacks because his career high came in his second year, which was 2012, 18 and a half. But 2015, when he had Vaughn, or excuse me, Malik Jackson and uh, Derek Wolf in their prime, just hitting their their stride, pushing the pocket from the inside, along with Demarcus Ware on the other, that was the formula for what ultimately ended up as a world championship for the team. So in theory, yes, but we still need to see it come out in the wash. That. Yeah, none of these factors can hurt Vaughn. I mean, having Chubb back there and, and him being healthier and him being, I think, leaner and better game shape, I mean, it's all going to go helping Vaughn out, but he still has to prove that he can win all those one-on-ones and he can overcome triple teams. He can overcome chip blocks. He's being paid to do that, and he did that in years past, but he has to show it again in 2020. Mark, jumping back in, really appreciate you, my friend. Chad is always saying, okay, we're live. Okay, let the stream breathe. I dig that, dude. Just like it was live when I had my septic tank clean. <laughs> dude, it's pretty smart. And I couldn't breathe the stream. It is what it is. Hashtag football priest. We, uh, we love the potty humor, dude. Keep it coming, my dog. Just keep it uh, as you do. You're very tactful in how you deliver it. Just keep it relatively uh, family-friendly. You're the man, Mark. Bobby, we really appreciate your support. And it's really cool jumping in with an $18 super it was really cool over the weekend seeing you chiming in also on the, uh, I believe it was the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast and supporting their show and just overall supporting MHH. We really, really appreciate you, my friend. So, And uh, I'm keeping an eye out for that shirt. It should be shipping this week is my understanding, your T-shirt. So stay tuned for that. Uh, let's grab Nick, who did figure out how to super after all. So we grabbed his non-super question, which is the same for what it's worth. My answer, I don't think I actually answered this. My answer, Zach did. My answer is that Hamler eventually, by the season's end, ends up with more yards and receptions. But I still am holding to what I said earlier. I think Hamilton will start the season as the nominal starter in the slot. All right, let's see what else we've got here. I really appreciate that, my friend. Um, All right, let's see what we got. Let's grab Stu, who is, as always, the uh, number one. Zeus. Effigy up there on uh, MHH Mount Rushmore. Zeus McPeak in the hizzy with the $20 super. Thank you, thank Stu. You. A big thank you to our veterans out there. Amen, brother. Yeah. Amen. I salute all of our veterans out there, everyone for their service out there. We appreciate you, especially this year. Thank you so much for your guys' service. Today, what I wore to the lake was a really campy, really cheesy tank top that is the american flag red white and blue baby that's just you know nice. it's just i'm i'm kind of nerdy that way you know rep it proud chad but i'm repping it proud i am proud of this country i love this country love our veterans nad ludlow jumping in two dollar super Thank really you, appreciate you my friend means a lot your consistent support to the channel my friend 
All right, let's grab what Joseph has to say here. Wish if we could change one thing this offseason, it would have been to re-sign Chris Harris on top of everything else we did based upon what the Chargers paid him. Yeah, Zach, that's what's so tragic and frustrating about how that shook out. He st- he literally stepped over a dollar to pick up a dime. John Elway offered him $12.5 million in October of 2019. He said, no, nah, I'm going to bet on myself. I think I can get more on the open market. Zach, he hits the open market crickets relative right relative crickets to what he was expecting ends up signing for around 10 million on a short-term deal am i the only one who doesn't miss chris harris jr at all i'm so glad he's out of the picture he's a shell of what he once was he wanted too much money he was poisoned in the locker room the broncos did him a favor and he held his hand out more and said i want to be number one paid cornerback i want more money it didn't happen i mean he really overrated his value same with Derek wolf I kind of miss Wolf. I do not miss Chris Harris Jr. in the least. I cannot wait again until Sutton and Judy are dominating him in that secondary next season. James jumping in. This is in response to a little conversation that was taking place in the chat, but it brings up the inside linebackers, coverage, it being a concern. Here's what James says, quote, the inside linebackers are effective in shallow zones. Fangio's scheme maximizes Alexander Johnson, Todd Davis, Josie's Jewel for that reason, et cetera. But it's when Davis gets isolated covering the slot, Zach, that's when, you know, the you know what hits can hit the fan. Yeah. They have to just scheme around that, and that's why I cannot wait for um, Sternad to get on the field, Shad. I think he's going to be the long-term ILB of the future, and he can run with those tight ends. He can run with those running backs. I am so sick and tired of seeing Todd Davis being exploited. It's never just a, a small, meager gain. It's, it's either a 15, 20-yard pass play down the field where, where Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey just literally wide open, and it's Todd Davis's responsibility. I'm so tired of seeing that. A lot of our fans, Kenneth, this is a great question. A lot of our fans, if you're basically 30 years old uh, or younger, a lot of our listeners, um, they don't know a lot about Dennis Smith. A lot of them might not even know, have personal memories of Steve Atwater for what it's worth. A lot of them would, I guess. But nevertheless, Steve Atwater and Dennis Smith became a safety tandem in 1989. And that was when the Broncos drafted Atwater as a first-round pick. Dennis Smith was also a first-round pick, but by that point he was a seven-, eight-year vet. He played at USC with Ronnie Lott. They were USC Trojans together. That was a pretty phenomenal college safety duo. But but I guess Lott also played a little corner in college. But I digress. He wants to know, Kenneth Booker, can you name a better safety tandem than Steve Atwater and Dennis Smith? They were scary and the reason I played safety as a kid. In today's NFL, man, I don't know that you could get by with Dennis Smith and Steve Atwater is your safety just because they were more like linebackers playing, playing the back end. But, you know, I'd have to think about that. I would give some props to the duo that was Cam Chancellor and yeah. Earl Thomas in the yep. Legion of Boom as one of the all-time great duos. I'd have to probably give that some some thought and let ponder as we go through. But you got anything for him, Zach? I happen to think, it's not a cop-out, but I happen to think Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons in today's age, not Dennis Smith and Steve Atwater, but that's a really good uh, veteran youth combination, very talented, high upside, athletic. I, I happen to like the Broncos' current safety tandem. They are, from a from an analytics perspective, I think they are the highest graded duo in the NFL for what it's worth. Mark jumping back in, another $5 super. Thank, Thank you, Mark. Mark. Really appreciate your support, my friend. He says, hashtag reverse mohawk. Hashtag not MHH profile. Hashtag, hey, appreciate you, my friend. You always uh, keep the laughs coming and 
it it helps uh, – a little levity always helps things out. Thank you, my brother. Yeah. Frankie wants to know, jumping in with a super. Thank you, Frankie. Hello, gentlemen. Hope all is well. Wondering who you think is the dark horse to make the team as the final receiver spot. I'd like to see Jawan Winfrey make the squad is what I'm, I'm guessing you meant there, my friend. Uh, Zach, first off, first question. Are five or six receivers making this roster? Then we'll answer. I mean, I happen to be in the minority, I think, but I, I, it's five. I mean, why would you need a six receiver? Who would even that guy be? Deontay Spencer, Tyree Cleveland? You don't need that extra guy when you can put it toward an offensive lineman or a cornerback or a safety. I, I happen to think it will be five. And, and Jawan Winfrey, Chad, barring a drastically amazing summer, is not going to make it. I believe I went with five on my um, way-too-early 53-man roster uh, projection. And I just don't think – I like Deontay Spencer. I think he proved to be a really valuable sixth guy in the room. As a returner last year, a very half-hearted attempt by the previous offensive coaching regime to get him involved in the offense. But when you got a guy like Hamler who can kill two birds with one stone, he can be an actual wide receiver in the offense and return kicks, it just doesn't spell – maybe you still keep Deontay Spencer if you can on the practice squad, but – I think that last guy probably ends up being Tim Patrick. I think it's going to be Sutton, Judy, Hamilton, Hamler, Patrick. That's a bold prediction, and it could change. We'll see. Uh, Eddie jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend, with the $3 okay. super. He says, hey, guys, always look forward to this. Thank you. No, Eddie. Thank you, my brother. And, David, what are you talking about? We don't like Mormons. This show is very friendly to Mormonism. So I don't know where that's coming from. Um all right, let me see here. Bear with me one sec. It did one of these stream jumps. Let's grab Insaney Marufo jumping in. Appreciate you. If Father Time does get there, Vaughn would be guiding our future coming defense. Always keep up the great work. Yeah, that's one thing, Zach, that Insaney is pointing out is that as guys begin to lose some of their physical gifts because of Father Time and age and whatnot, you hope that at least in the short term they can make up for it a little bit with what they know between right. the years, but even eventually that's not enough to overcome the loss of of talent. Vaughn's nowhere close to that being a critical issue for him. So, and he's what is he going to his tenth? Is this is going to be his tenth year? 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah, this is his tenth season. So he's been around the block. He's seen a lot. I mean, Zach, he's seen about everything there is to throw at an edge rusher in the modern NFL game. I was going to say, we're acting like Vaughn is 45 years old. He's not Tom Brady playing linebacker. He's in his early 30s. He has a lot of, uh, I think, gas left in his tank. He had a down year, but this is the same overreaction as all the past trade Vaughn uh, tropes we had to deal with previous offseasons. He's not falling off. He's not declining. He's, I hate to say it, I don't want to say entitled, but he can have a down season. He's human. He's a player like everybody else. He battled a lot of factors last year. Not making excuses, but it's what's so. I don't think he's falling off. I don't think we've seen the best of Vaughn yet. I actually think he'll rebound this season to show a classic Vaughn type output and put all these narratives now, Chad, to bed. For what it's worth, James, that's what's great about a any kind of of a relationship, friendship, partnership, podcast, whatever. Zach and I don't see completely eye to eye on bulls. He's a little bit more, you know, the the book is written in terms of bulls as opposed to I still a little bit more optimistic that he might be able to. It's okay if we don't always see eye to eye. Uh, Time will tell. Time will tell, bro. Oscar jumping in with a hot take. Thank you. Appreciate the super chat, Oscar. He says, 
Trevor Simeon is better than Joe Flacco. That's as a backup a option. Take as as a, as a uh, backup option, I would agree with that. But Joe Flacco's ten years as a starter in the league. Look, we can clown about Flacco, and you know the whole is he elite. Donald Trump at one point, even before he was president, weighing in on whether or not Joe Flacco was elite <laughs> on Twitter and the whole nine I mean, there's a mountain of things we can clown about when it comes to Joe Flacco, but I will give the man his props, okay? He played 10 years in the league as a entrenched starter, as a team's franchise quarterback for 10 years, okay? Won a Super Bowl, beat Peyton Manning, beat uh, Tom Brady in his own house. He had to get through both Brady and Manning to get to that Super Bowl where he beat this, the, the Niners. So, obviously, the defense had a lot to do with that. It's not like Joe Flacco was lighting up the scoreboard, but – Give him his props. Meanwhile, Simeon, half-hearted. I mean, what you can say about Simeon is as a seventh-round pick, he's made a heck of a lot of hay for a guy who barely even made it into the league, Zach. Let's also think that uh, the the Niners were one errant Colin Kaepernick to Michael Crabtree pass in the end zone away from winning the Super Bowl, and Flacco would have no rings or MVPs. I don't True. care what he did 10 years ago, Chad. I care about what he did with the Broncos in the last half decade. He's been an awful, the lowest floor quarterback, the lowest ceiling quarterback in the NFL. And I happen to think Trevor Simeon, for all his faults, I mean, he won, what was it, eight games, 3,400 yards, 18 touchdowns. You could do a lot worse than that for a seventh-round pick, who, by the way, two seasons in a row beat out your former first-round draft pick. I actually like Simeon. He brought a lot to the table. I think he got kind of a bum rap with Denver, but I would take him instantly in this half decade over Joe Flacco. I think if Gary Kubiak doesn't step down, you might have been able to have seen Trevor Simeon even con- con- outkick his coverage even more than he ended up. But the changes in coaches and Mike McCoy coming in, then getting fired, and then Bill yeah. Musgrave. And it was a very tumultuous kind of 12 month window from the time Kube was fired or not fired, stepped down, excuse me, uh, to the time that, you know, the 2017 season ended. And that was basically the end of the Simeon era. But as a seventh round pick, as a flyer, you know, the, the dude outkicked his coverage. So tip your cap to him. Buona Beast reminding everybody here. Thank you, my friend. He says, give a quick like and subscribe. This is crucial to our YouTube audience, guys. Just really quick. Soapbox, just for a second. We have some big plans for when we cross the 7,000 subscriber mark because, as we all know, the number seven has a special meaning and significance to Broncos country. 40% of our daily viewers on YouTube are not subscribed. Guys, mm-hmm. help us get to 7,000. Help us get there so that we can unveil this great show. It's going to be phenomenal. And make sure you take care of that. Whether or not you click notifications, that's up to you. Uh, But it does let you know anytime a new video goes up. It lets you know anytime we go live, et cetera. So thanks for the reminder, Buona Beast. All right, let's see uh, what else we got here from Joseph. Do you see Tim Patrick as Cortland's spell when he comes out of games? Yes, plain and simple, Zach. Yeah, it's pretty cut and dry, I think. I mean, he's going to rotate in, uh, in receiver packages with Cortland Sutton. I could see Jawan Winfrey potentially in that role if he beats out Tim Patrick in camp, which I just frankly don't see happening. Um, Robert wants to know who is the sleeper in the Broncos secondary for 2020. I'm going to maintain my Michael Ojemudia stance on that topic. I think, you know, you go, well, he's a third round pick. He was a premium draft pick. Is that really a sleeper? I think as a rookie and considering the number of the bad juju, we'll just say the Broncos have in drafting corners in the third round. I think, yes, you could, you can consider Michael Ojemudia a sleeper. 
My bold prediction is that by season's end, might be a lot sooner than by season's end, he's the starting boundary corner opposite of A.J. Bouye with Callahan, of course, playing the slot. I'm going to go with Bassey, the undrafted free agent. I think he's Ooh, a deep sleeper, yeah. and I think that's a, an unpopular name right now in Broncos country. But any Broncos fan who's wondering about the depth in the secondary, I believe them landing Bassey as an undrafted free agent, he probably should have been drafted, gave them more comfortability in the secondary. I think he's going to be the latest undrafted gem that Elway's uncovered, and he will make the 53 and perform this fall. Dave, Cali Dave jumping in, one of our superstars. Appreciate you, my Thank friend. You, he says, will the interior pocket pressure this year increase the sack opportunity for Chubb and Vaughn? Hashtag Broncos win. That's the theory, David, is that you've got Jarrell Casey and Shelby Harris, who's no pass rushing slouch. I mean, what was it in 2017, his first year in the club? He finished second in the in sacks on the team. He had five and a half sacks his first year with the with the Broncos. That was when you still had Shaquille Barrett, who played most of that year as the starter, Shane Ray you know, dealing with his wrist. But yeah, Zach, if, if, if Shelby and Jarrell Casey make the kind of impact in Fangio's scheme that I expect him to, yeah, that's going to free up a lot more one-on-ones for Chubb and Vaughn. And then you have Ajim, and, and then you have uh, Draymond Jones, and then you yep. have Christian Covington. They just have so many interior pass rushers now that it's going to just make this front seven eight beasts. Uh, that's part of the reason I think Vaughn's going to be back to being the Vaughn that we all know and love because of the uh, changes and upgrades they made in the interior. All right, this is a good question here from Big Kev. Um, He says, thank you for the super, my friend, one of our superstars. How do you guys project the turnover ratio this year? Much love. Hashtag Florida strong. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag tailgate tent. Okay, man. uh, We'll see what we can do this season. Hopefully fans are going to be allowed on the premises. Hopefully fans are going to be allowed to congregate and be at the games. I'm maintaining uh, my hope that that's going to happen, but we'll see. And if it does happen, we're going to uh, try and organize some cool stuff with our awesome listeners. All right, so let me see here. Let me pull up the season in review from the Broncos. Bear with me one second. That has this metric so that we have, Zach, you and I, a actual metric to go off, kind of a starting point here. All right, turnover margin. The, Bronco, the Broncos were plus one, all right, last year. That's how they finished. And that put them basically barely over just outside of top third. So they were th- ranked 13th, so kind of middle of the road in terms of turnover margin. How do you see it unfolding this year, Zach? Well, here's the thing. The defense, as I've been saying, and I, I truly feel they're going to force more takeaways this season, more interceptions, more sack fumbles, a more active, um, game-changing defense. But I'm going to keep it realistic. The offense will give the ball away. I'm not going to say as often. I'm not going to say they're going to finish with a negative takeaway giveaway mark, but they're going to give the ball away. Melvin Gordon has a penchant for fumbling. Drew Locke is a natural gunslinger. He's going to throw some interceptions. It's his first full season as a starting quarterback. He's going to take some chances down the field. It's not going to always be a completion or always be a touchdown so i do happen to think they're going to force more turnovers than they're going to commit but it's going to be more of a narrow margin than many broncos fans are thinking chad mark being very generous and also very funny okay broncos country jumping in with another five dollar super smash the like button if not smash the <laughs> don't do that don't do that no no don't do, do that. not try this at home Chad and Zach are the best podcast out of MHH. Hashtag facts. Hashtag football priest. We Thank really you, appreciate the uh, compliment, my friend, and the super. You know that. Appreciate you, bro. And the the levity. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, George, speaking of superstars up there 
on uh, MHH Mount Rushmore. Really appreciate you, bro. He says, kind of out and about. We'll watch it a bit later. Just showing my support to MHH. Like like uh, Johnny Baby and George, I mean, they're just supporting the cause. They'll circle back, listen when they actually have time. Right now he's out and about. Drive safe, George. And I know you'll eventually be listening to this. So thank you, my friend. Um, good question here. Who will be the decoy? Robert wants to know. Hamler or Judy? Hmm. I think Hamler initially will be more of a, a, a decoy because the Broncos, all they got to do is connect on one or two deep shots to Hamler, or all they got to do is throw a bubble screen and have Hamler take one to the house. And defensive coordinators are going to put that on film and adjust. They're going to, you know, it's going to scare them a little bit. So once that happens, <clears throat> man, you can use them as a decoy and free everybody up, including Judy. But I, I think it's got to be Hamler. Yeah, I don't see Judy as a decoy at all. He's going to be a real day one instant contributor opposite Cortland Sutton. And 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 like we've been saying, Hamler could be just a, a package guy, a, a reserve player, a role player, rotation, whatever word you want to use for him. He's not going to be a starter out of the gates. But as the season go, goes on, he gets more comfortable. He'll be worked into the offense. Terry jumping in with another super. Awesome. Appreciate Thank you. And you, he says, ordered my state of being hoodie last night. Very cool, my brother. Really appreciate that. I saw that actually. I got the email notification and uh, went, Terry is the man. Appreciate you, bro. And, and when you get that, I know you got the football priest t-shirts and your profile pic. When you get the hoodie, make sure you send us a selfie so we can shout you out on social media and uh, flex. Christy jumping in, the queen of MHH. As she says here, just showing some love, $10 super. She's another one that if she's in the stream, you know, she's going to be in the supers as well. And she does a lot, I think, for our community in terms of the conversation, in terms of the relationship in the chat stream and comments in the community. And as we've talked about, we're going to be unfolding and, re- and announcing here another component in addition to our community that we think will help tremendously to keep everybody in touch and together. And we'll be talking about that here in the near future. And Christy is going to be joining us on our 7,000 subscriber podcast. And we're looking forward to it. Zach, she's she's awesome. She is. She's the queen of MHH for sure. And I don't know, Chad, you were uh, lagging for a second. I don't know if it was me or not. I just want to make sure. If anyone can tell us in the comments which side was lagging so we know. Yeah, which which one should uh, it might be, be my castigated? Head. All right, here's Joseph wants to know. Hey, everyone. The NFL Network has a marriage game. The Denver Broncos beating the Green Bay. Uh, and then they're going to have Broncos versus Falcons. That's cool. When is that going to happen? Is that happening right now? I don't know. Let us know, my brother. Um, where are we at? 56? All right, we'll grab a few more, and then we'll bounce out for t- tonight. Yeah, Frankie. That's what we figured, bro. He meant Winfrey in his super chat. That's what we figured. It's all good. Uh, opposite of Palomalu was Ryan Clark for most of those years, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Troy Palomalo in Pittsburgh, it was Ryan Clark who had, what was that, sickle cell trait, right? He's the guy that couldn't play at altitude to play the Broncos. And if I'm wrong on that, being Palomalu's compliment for most of his career, let me know, guys. I'm pretty sure I'm right on that, though. All right, let's see here. Bobby jumping in again, showing support to the channel and the show. Appreciate you, Bobby. She says, very generous super chat. Thank you. She says, Hi, guys. I received my mug. I loved it. It was worth waiting. Thank you, Football Priest, uh, MHH family. Thank you, Poppy. And 
that's a good opportunity, a reminder for everybody because, you know, the store is there. We remind you guys of it on every podcast. It is delayed in terms of before the word that shall go unnamed hit. It was a 24-hour turnaround. The order come in within 24 to 48 hours, depending on the product usually. But within a two-day window, we'll say, it was shipped out on the road on the way to the uh, the the where it was supposed to go, location, wherever it was. This was like, I want to say it was from – don't they ship from the East Coast, Zach, from North Carolina? They have different distribution channels. Pretty sure yeah. they do. I guess that's true. So if you're on the East Coast, it gets to you a little bit quicker, depending on. But, yeah, there are some different channels. But anyway, it's now like at two weeks for some of the product. We just want to be upfront with you on that. We don't want you to feel like we're steering you wrong or uh, you know trying to hide the, the lead time right now. It is a little bit longer. It will get better. But basically the reason why is the third-party service providers – are working on skeleton crews and yet the orders keep so it's just delayed but thank you Bobby we appreciate you and I will let you know as soon as I know that that T uh ships Ron Dub jumping in with a very generous super thank chat you, appreciate you my friend one of our superstars long time listener of the show now very dedicated member of the community he says hey guys who do you think will have more tackles this year Alexander Johnson or Justin Sternad also which one matches up better with tight ends I think it's Sternad. He'll be the tight end nightmare healthy. I think, Ron, your instinct and football knowledge on this is 100% correct. Alexander Johnson has some chops, but as James was intimating earlier, he is best used in a zone coverage, shallow zones, so that he doesn't kind of get hung out to dry and get exploited. Whereas Sternad, I think once he kind of gets up to speed, Zach, he's the type of guy that can single up with a tight end, an athletic pass catcher like a Travis Kelsey. And he might lose, be on the losing end of some of those matchups, but he can affect the game and he can help kind of account for that. And then eventually as he builds up, you know, head of steam, gets some experience, kind of gets up to the speed of the game and whatnot, start winning some of those battles. Yeah, I, I, AJ will have more tackles this season, but Sternad is going to be that linebacker that we've all wanted the Broncos to have. He's going to be everything that we thought we were getting in Josie Jewell, and then some. Just a pure coverage guy. He can run sideline to sideline, athletic, three-down linebacker. If he can just stay healthy and master the Broncos system, Sternad is going to be the long-term starter, aside from AJ. Okay. Let's grab David here with the $10 super. Really appreciate you, David, you, David, jumping back in like that, my friend. This is a topic that we've received some questions on social media, Zach and I. Any chance the Broncos trade for Jamal Adams and then put Kareem back at corner to help depth and make the defense a lot better? You know, Zach, that would make the defense a lot better. Kareem Jackson can play outside corner. He can play nickel corner in the slot. But I just don't think that's what the Broncos are thinking. Right. You know, in a perfect world, if we were, if it was a Madden simulation, heck yeah. Get him here, you know, depending on the compensation. I just don't think, David, that that's something the Broncos are really considering because they like KJ at the strong safety and they don't want to have to give up probably what it would take to pry Adams off the Jets' hands. I mean, they already paid Kareem Jackson. They're going to have to pay Justin Simmons. Jamal Adams will take – he's in a a first round and then some to acquire from the Jets, and then he wants a huge contract. So as good as he would be on this defense, he would be – he's a game-changing safety. He's a linebacker and a safety, an all-pro, all-wrapped in a one. But he's not going to come to the Broncos, nor I think are the Jets going to trade the guy. They're holding out for a lot of uh, compensation. They're going to want to pay him right away. Jamal Adams, though, is not coming to Denver. That's a pipe dream and a half. Darko, a fellow drummer in Mexico. It's good to see you, my friend. He wants to know on YouTube. Hi, guys. 
Thanks for the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you. Do you think Jake Butt makes the roster? Zach, my answer is no. What do you think? No. I think he's uh he's uh we've seen what we have in Jake Butt. It's a, a walking injury. It's, I'm I'm sad to say, but that's what it is. Here's what I'll tell you is if he can stay healthy throughout the summer and actually play not in a limited role like where they were protecting him last summer and then he finally plays in the last preseason game and aggravates his knee. If he can prove to stay healthy, his talent will rise to the surface. He's a very talented player. But like Zach, I'm skeptical that he's going to be able to do that. That knee is just unfortunately tragically torpedoing his career. Chris, one of our superstars, jumping in as well with a $2 super. Thanks, Chris. Uh, We play in Madden, trying to get Jamal Adams. Shake my (laughs) head. Yeah, I mean, exactly. In a perfect world, you'd want to get him, but I'd love to see you. I mean, and what you're thinking there, David, makes a lot of sense. It's just that I don't think the Broncos are quite seeing it the way you are in that sense. Chris also jumped in to say, appreciate you, Chris. If Isaiah Simmons – Wait, if Isaiah Simmons makes Denver better than the 2015 defense, what would Jamal Adams do? Okay, so if we would have drafted Isaiah Simmons, the Broncos draft Isaiah Simmons, I should say. Does that make them better than the 2015 defense? Maybe, I don't know. But what would Jamal Adams do? If you get it, first of all, it kills multiple birds, one stone, because you got Kareem playing corner. You don't have to, he's a veteran, 12th year now going into his 12th year, or is it 11th? Going to his 11th year. And you wouldn't have to worry so much about cornerback depth, Zach, and you would have Jamal Adams doing his thing uh, from wrecking the box, making big hits over the middle, just affecting the game in some of the same ways that you see Derwin James, for example, affecting things. So as a blitzer, as just a force to be reckoned with, I just don't think it's going to happen, though, unfortunately. I think this is a callback, though, to a comment I made before the draft that you put Simmons on this defense, they okay. will be a better defense than 2015. I just think he, he's that talented. And unfortunately, he's being wasted right now in, in Arizona with Vance Joseph, who's only playing him at one spot. He's not letting Isaiah Simmons be Isaiah Simmons. It's a shame there. It's another story. Jamal Adams would be, like Chad said, a terrific blitzer, a terrific coverage guy, uh, run support. He is a legit player. I mean, he's a top three safety in the NFL. He would be a game changer in this Vic Fangio defense, but we're not playing Madden. We're not playing on paper. We're playing with salary cap constraints. We're playing with real rules that have to be followed. It's not that easy. He would be great on this defense beyond belief. Just not going to happen. Terry jumping in one more time. Horse, clock, lock. You guys know. You you know what's up. (laughs) That's right. Appreciate you, Terry. All right, guys, we got to get going on kind of a, uh, you know what, Zach? We had a couple hundred people with us live the whole time, uh, almost on YouTube and on Facebook. So I thought it was going to be a lot quieter tonight than it turned out to be, but it turns out that our audience and our community is absolutely dedicated to the podcast. So thank you, guys. Let me just make sure we didn't miss any of our superstars real quick. Oh, there's Mark. Almost did miss him. Appreciate you jumping again, jumping in again, Mark. <laughs> I'm glad I make you guys laugh. Don't worry, the family jewels figure of speech. And I'll always keep it family friendly for the most part. Have a good night. Thank you. You too, Mark. my friend. It's good to see you. It's good talking with you. It's good to have you in the pod. As you know, you uh, keep us laughing. And I think all of our listeners can agree. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. That'll do it for tonight. I think we missed, there was one topic we missed about the uh, Bronco on Bronco Twitter dust-up. We'll save that for tomorrow. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But we did get a chance to talk about DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller. We got a chance to talk about what Rod Smith had to say 
about KJ Hamler being a game changer. So, and then of course, all of your great questions and comments in the stream. So thank you guys for joining us. We want to make sure all of our new listeners are aware of how to reach us. Find the Huddle Up podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. Also, while you're there, follow at Mile High Huddle. You can find my partner here, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. This is crucial right here, guys. YouTube audience, don't leave without liking and subscribing in reverse order. Subscribe, like. 40% of you, whether you're watching this live or after the fact, you're not subscribed. Help us reach the 7K mark. We're inching closer. We're within triple digits of it. We'll be there before you know it. And we are really looking forward to unveiling that 7K show. So stay tuned. And again, thanks for taking time on a holiday weekend, guys, to hang out with us, talk football, talk Broncos. It means a lot to Zach and I. And it's a mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars. Thank you guys so much. You know, you mean the world to us. And Zach, have a great Memorial Day, man. We'll talk, of course, tomorrow night, but have a great uh, Monday. You as well. Everyone enjoy your guys' long holiday weekends. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you guys tomorrow. And until next time, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.